We all thought we got good news when LaMelo Ball returned. We got to see him for the first time since November 26th. And then we had to watch the actual game and the Hornets lose 135 to 99. I guess we'll break down the good and the bad today on Locked On Hornets. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets Hive Live Edition. Oh, Doug, sipping on a little something today. If you want to catch us on YouTube, you can catch us anywhere you get your podcast. Now, I want to, I'm feeling in the mood. It's Friday night. Too you late. know, we can either, you know, it's it's like Johnny Manziel said, if we win or lose, it doesn't matter. We drink. <laughs> feel like that. <laughs> I'm ready. It's definitely been true of this season. It has never it has been, been more true of the Charlotte Hornets than this season. That's true, except it's been a lot of losing, more so than winning. And the Hornets lose again, 135 to 99. That's Doug Branson. You can find him on his Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. I'm Walker Mail. You can listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. Real quickly, today's Hive Live episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code locked on to get $20 off your order. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, JaceMedical.com. I'm looking professional. You're drinking on the job. It's very different vibes we got going on. Topo. I got the tie. This is a live yeah, show, baby. You never know what's going to happen. We cannot stop. We have started the live stream. People are, are surprisingly, after the, the margin of, of uh, defeat there, People are pouring into the live stream right now. We've got Mason saying yikes. We've got Beginner saying Clifford subs LaMelo out right after he drains a three. People are already upset about LaMelo. He's, he just <laughs> literally returned to the lineup. And people are already upset about something related to LaMelo. Regulator said that was painful. Hope BM is okay. Of course, Brandon Miller injury. We've got to get to that here in a bit as well. Uh, Amber saying drink a double, Doug. <laughs> oh, listen. I mean, this is uh, – this is past, present, and future in this class right now. Okay, folks, there, there was some, there was a lot more in this class before we started this live show. I'm really jealous right now. If, if you would have told me, I would have joined you. I would have gotten a drink. Maybe I can do it during a break. I don't know. So, yeah, the Hornets, they lose. Let's get to the LaMelo story, though, here, Doug. So, LaMelo returns for the first time since November 26th going out with that ankle injury and he comes back and not a great shooting night for him. Not terrible, terrible, but not a great shooting night. Five of 14, three of nine from distance got to the foul line a ton career, 15 high. career highs in both, uh, yeah. in both attempts and makes. I would say so. I, I would have pretty easy to guess here. How about 15 for 16 from the charity stripe for LaMelo ball. So he finishes with 28 points, despite not a great shooting night, five assists, five steals, and three rebounds for LaMelo. How do you think he looked after the uh, ankle injury rehab? Well, he got off to a good shooting start, which was surprising to me because I remembered when he you know, started this season coming off of that ankle fracture where he didn't get a lot of time to work out over the summer. He sat for a long time, didn't have a lot of game action, right? Five on five. And he, his shot looked off as he was sort of adjusting to the equipment that they put into his – uh, you know, the screws and stuff that they put into his ankle. He was trying to figure all of that out. So uh, part of me expected to see that for a few games where, where the shooting 
was was off like through the first three quarters and then he would find a rhythm later in the game. That's what happened earlier in the season. It's not what happened in this game. He he hit I think three uh three pointers um in that uh first quarter, at least three shots. And then, um, you know, again, was relentless in attacking. He's obviously, Walker, 15 of 16 from the line, career highs, as I just said. He's obviously not afraid of whatever's going on with the ankle. He's not thinking about it because he was in attack mode this entire game. I don't really care about the shooting numbers, honestly. Where, where I thought he looked a little bit rusty was just in the timing in terms of his passes, in terms of uh, protecting the basketball. He had six turnovers in this game, but all of that's going to come back. You take a 28-point game game from him, five assists, five steals in this game, uh, you know, this loss, this blowout loss was 0% about LaMelo Ball. Yeah, it wasn't about LaMelo. And this is what, like when guys come back from injury – I think, okay, there's a couple things that could happen. One, they're just rusty from the get-go, understandably so, because it's been a long time, especially in LaMelo's case, since he played basketball. Or sometimes they'll go off of the adrenaline right away, and then you could see him perform maybe well the first game back. They're just so amped up and ready to go. And they also might have the whole fresh leg syndrome. Even if you are injured, you haven't been playing as much as everybody else, and you perform really well because maybe the other players are tired. But... I mean, still just a a little rusty here with the shot and the passing. You mentioned some of that. It didn't seem to be on the same page as guys. And also, Doug, one thing to consider it. Brandon Miller goes out in this game. We'll get to that maybe a little bit more so in the next segment, Mm -hmm. but only logs about nine minutes before he takes a nasty fall and then has to go to the locker room. Doesn't return after that. But you are you're talking about a bunch of guys still out. And so when LaMelo does come back, the team is different. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's it's not quite Will Smith going into the living room of the Bel Air mansion and looking around and seeing where everything went. Where did everybody go? The John Travolta meme, just your meme, your GIF of choice. But it's still pretty depleted. And so now you have to get on the same page with Leaky Black. I, not Leaky Black. I guess he played a lot later. But you are talking about JT Thor, 19 Minutes. Mensa, 19 minutes. Ish Smith, 22. McGowan's, 24. Nick yeah. Smith Jr., 25. So maybe the bigger, newer names are Mensa and Nick Smith Jr., who are probably a part of the rotation, you know, since LaMelo goes down with injury. And no Brandon Miller, right? Like you still have Miles, but it's still a little different for him. And so, yeah, now you're talking about chemistry being compromised too, because you have different players that he's out there on the court with. No, you, that's, it's a great, it's a great point because it's not as if he returned, you know, to play with Gordon Hayward and PJ Washington guys he's been playing with isn't nearly his entire career. So if that were the case, then you could go, okay, yeah, he's really getting his rhythm back in terms of his past timing, in terms of, you know, some some of the things that he's doing and, and set play execution, that kind of thing. But you're right. I mean, he's playing with, with, with names that uh, not many of the fans know, you know. And Does so, he know who Nathan Mensa is? Did you think <laughs> that's he – That's a good question. <laughs> Wait, Could he pick him out of a lineup? Uh, that's right. a great question. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I just think you come away from this game thinking – Lamelo is not going to take as long as he did earlier in the season to be fully, fully back. I think the other thing too is like a, a lot of people were looking at his shoot around film like it was like Zapruder film. They were breaking it down, you know, scientifically looking at the angle that his foot hit the ground and oh, one foot, two foot. Listen, don't matter. <laughs> Whatever he's doing, he's doing it right. He, the the shots that he hit from the left wing 
Whereas I don't care if he came down on one, two, or three feet. I mean, he was that was as smooth as butter. I mean, I'm not. I'm just not worried about Lamelo's shot. Um, and and if he's gonna, if the refs are going to respect him like that moving forward, then you know, I mean, I think it's too late for an All Star bid. But you know, he could he could turn some heads and and get get things moving in the right direction going into next season. Maybe we play with that a little bit. Too late for an all-star bid. Did finish eighth in the Eastern Conference guard voting results. And so maybe if there was enough. Here's the thing. It's not going to be because of LaMelo that he can't get back legitimately in the race. It's because the Hornets are out here getting beat by close to 40 by a six-win basketball team. Well, if he got an all-star <laughs> bid, it would be because like six or seven guys got injured, which would be pretty ironic, right? <laughs> of all, yes. all the injuries that, that LaMelo has sustained and all the injuries that the Hornets have had to deal with, if LaMelo were to back into the all-star game because, you know, there, there was a tremendous amount of injuries to people due to, to actually make the all-star game. Before we get to more injuries, including one that happened in this game, did you want to go to the live chat? I know it's been active. I've been looking at a couple, Doug. What were some I mean, that people, you wanted to read? Listen, people are all over this chat right now. Regulars saying, we are the sickos. Why else be here? Exactly. You've got nowhere else to be. There's no There's no other place on earth that God is going you. to understand your sickness like we will. Um, we we watch every single one of these games. We, we live and die with this team. Uh, for some reason, it doesn't make any sense, uh, but but that is what it is. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. Hero Rocket. Hero Rocket says thought Lamelo's return would spark the team. Guess not. Um, a lot of fire, Clifford. A lot of fire, Cupchacks. A lot of fire. The word yep. fire and fired is is uh, <laughs> definitely prevalent within the chat. Neon charges. Yeah, I see get- all caps, call for jobs right now. Uh, I see that on the line. Sorry, Haley, who said not the soft G, Walker, we've been over this. I said GIF. I'm a GIF guy more than GIF. Well, I've been doing it for years now. I'm I've sorry. been trying to change him, folks. I mean, you, I, have. you know, you have. I, I thought you I'd have. change it before I saw him wear a tie, but here we are. This uh, is this is my favorite though. I'm not going to out them just because I'm not a snitch like that, even if they don't really care. But I like my guy's comment. Got high, laughed in disbelief all game. All right, that's where we are. <laughs> that's our listenership, and I love them. Uh, um, so a lot, a lot of questions in here. Essentially, do we need to call for jobs right now? I, I mean, have you been watching the show? Like, I think we've been pretty clear that a house cleaning is necessary, and to me, it's all. It really is all a timing thing. Look, if the Hornets were an organization that had like realistic expectations for playoffs and weren't just lying to fans and saying, "Yeah, we've got enough talent here." When they knew, look, mm-hmm. I think anyone knew that there wasn't enough talent to really make a serious playoff run. Uh, may, maybe there was a few years ago and had had things broken the right way and they could have developed that talent, but that time is long gone. And so, you, you know, if there were serious expectations, sure, yeah, you, you would maybe have an ownership group that would come in and say, we haven't lived up to those things. But, but I think that, that they're going to look at the situation and go, tons of injuries, we'll make a move eventually. Um, and until then, check out these redesigned suites. <laughs> Renovations. Yeah, check out these seats you can't afford. I don't know. I mean, uh, that's, that's where we are right now, folks. I don't know what to tell you. 2,500 lower level seats you can't afford, by the way. That's coming to Spectrum Center. Um, All right, soul for a soul. Let's get to the bad news, uh, even more bad news. Coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. 
We're going to talk more about Brandon Miller, who goes down falling after a transition opportunity, you know, getting crashed into by a Spurs player and not returning to the game. We'll get to that in just a moment here in the second segment. Real quickly, this episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life. Yeah, we even watch the Hornets to escape the crazy realities, but that's okay. We can just talk for a minute about preparing for real life. If you found yourself cut off from modern medical care and treatment on an outdoor adventure, maybe in a natural disaster, a foreign country, if you were cut off from that, do you have a plan? With the Jace case, you can secure your own supply of basic antibiotics with ease and peace of mind. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinus infections, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us. Everyone should be empowered to take care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code Locked On to get $20 off of your order. Again, that's jacemedical.com and use offer code Locked On to get $20 off your order. All right, more Locked On Hornets coming up. With Brandon Miller being injured. <laughs> Psych, gotcha. You're, <laughs> that's not a good tease, but you got here because you're a sicko and we can't have LaMelo return and not sacrifice another body in order to get the best player on the team. You have to sacrifice the other bright spot on the roster. Doug, what did you see with this Brandon Miller injury and what are some of the noteworthy things about it to you? Well, first of all, we have to answer a question here on the chat by Adam. Adam asking a very simple question, who won? Uh, the answer is the San Antonio Spurs won the game 135 to 99. <laughs> I guess this is a recap show, so we should read off uh, the final score. Um, it was a dominant performance by Victor Wimanyama, yeah. which we should have seen coming, by the way, uh, because the Hornets, uh, I don't think they came into this season with a legitimately deep enough center rotation for a team that had playoff aspirations. We said it a million times in the offseason. This team was one injury away uh, for Mark Williams or Nick Richards from having some serious issues in that front court. Well, they had Nick Richards miss a lot of time due to a concussion. Now Mark Williams has missed a ton of time due to a low back contusion, and they've had to depend on Nathan Mensah, who, look, in a word, was awful in this game. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Was was missing a ton of uh, shots at the rim. Uh, was, I don't know, I'm not going to blame him for not being able to deal with the few possessions that he had against Victor Wimanyama. I mean, Nick Richards couldn't do much with him either. But um, this was, was not a good showing for Mensa. And, and, and again, against a team that we should say it has the third worst record in the NBA. I mean, you not only get blown out, you get blown out against a team that has a worse record than you, and there are only three teams that have a worse record than you. So, look, I mean, there's you know, there's a lot of fans in the chat right now that are upset, and I think they have every right to be. All right, let's talk about Brandon Miller. So he gets hurt in the second quarter. He goes up for what would have been, I think, had he not gotten fouled by Keldon Johnson, would have been a monster jam, would have been a highlight, would have been a top, I don't know, top three, top five play of the season so far. I mean, he was heading for a huge jam in transition. And Keldon Johnson goes up. Uh, to me, it looked like he made a play on the ball. They called it a flagrant one. 
and I think that was the right call. Um, it was a dangerous play because you're going up uh, with someone and a lot of contact midair. You know, the NBA has been pretty clear that that's a play that they're going to call a flagrant on. And the question is, is there malice? Is there a hit to the head? Is there something else that they could tack on that say, all right, that's a flagrant too? I didn't see that in that play. Brandon Miller lands on his left hip, it looked like, and then his head shot back and I couldn't tell on the replay it looked like the head hit the ba- hit the floor and it looked like it hit it hard like it just snapped back and so that's what I'm really concerned about now they called this a lower back contusion so now we got a little uh double contusion a uh, uh, two for tusion with uh, Mark Williams and Brandon Miller the double now. hip flu too apparently yeah yeah, yeah back to the yeah. hip stuff again yeah so um but I, the head stuff is what worries me because that concussion protocol, as we saw with Nick Richards, can keep you out for a very long time. And and so he, he, like, stayed on the floor a long time, Walker, and then he got up and he jogged back to the sideline and then had to lay back down. Now, that certainly could be a back thing. It could be a hip thing. It could be a lot of things. But, you know, I just would say let's kind of keep an eye on the language and how this injury develops if it stays a low back contusion or if it becomes a hip thing or if it becomes a head thing as well. They can always tack that on afterwards and say, yeah, also he's now in the concussion protocol. Well, yeah, and and now, you know, with we have experience with lower back contusions because Mark Williams isn't coming back, not yet. And you do get LaMelo Ball back, but now Brandon Miller is out and we just can't, you know, have these guys all healthy. And Brandon now, like, there's been quite a few moments from Brandon this year where he's been injured, but he's been injured how many times now, Doug? Maybe like three separate times, but he's only missed one, maybe at most two games in each of those injuries. And then he's come back pretty quickly. It doesn't mean that he's going to come back quickly after this one, but we've seen him banged up quite a bit with LaMelo. He had the one big injury. That's the case with Mark Williams now after he tried to return from it early, then had to go back out and hadn't played since. And so it it just doesn't matter who it is. Gordon now with the serious injury to hold him out. And we've seen that before. Yeah, it's it's Brandon Miller's turn, I guess, maybe to undergo a long injury. Although hopefully with him being still the most important part of this season, it's LaMelo true. But also you want to see Brandon, the second overall pick and LaMelo be on the court together. you're, You're never going to be peak excited yes because of all the hornets losses that keep accumulating and the season that's already over you're not going to get to the play-in tournament you want to see Lamelo and brandon and yeah. you want to see them together and you're not going to be able to see them together there's a lot of reasons that injuries happen you know soft tissue injuries because you've been playing a ton um especially for young guys who aren't used to doing that who've played in college and are making the transition to the nba you've got freak injuries that and some injuries you go well there's just no reason that happened and then some of them you can attribute to like oh there was a timing issue there or oh he didn't expect that or as we've seen with Brandon a couple times this season there have been a couple of attempts that he's made at the rim that are like oh you might be a year or two away in terms of just your timing in terms of understanding who you're going up against in terms of your size and strength you might be a year or two away from actually being able to execute that play. And when you launch yourself into the air like that, make yourself available, and you're not strong enough to, like, finish, hang on the rim and let that guy move through you, then, you know, there, there could be opportunities for injury. And we have to also understand that he's played the most minutes total, not per game, but uh, maybe per game too, I don't know. But he's played the most minutes total 
for the Charlotte Hornets this season. His, and again, he's a rookie. And so there are going to be more opportunities for him to be injured and more wear and tear on a body that's not used to all that wear and tear. Clifford's aware of that, and, and he's mentioned that, like, hey, I'm playing my rookie too much. I'm playing Terry Rozier too much, and there and there will be opportunities for this kinds of kind of thing to happen. But you're right, he has been banged up. He's been quick to bounce back, which is sort of like, yeah, he's a young guy. That's that's what's going to happen. But listen, I mean, this Walker, this soul for a soul thing. I mean, we jo- we joke <laughs> about it because it's the Marvel meme, you know. But it's ridiculous. Like I, I, you, we cannot. The Hornets cannot go one single game getting a starter level player back without another starter level player getting injured. Like I, I'm just I feel like I just need to get as close to the camera as possible and just say, listen, basketball. This is why you feel it. Okay. Please, why? Why what what did we do? We you didn't we didn't we didn't kick a goat out of a stadium. We didn't we didn't boo Santa Claus. We we had Michael Jordan as an owner. That's all. That's all. That's all that's ever happened. And look, you got Chicago fans right now. They are booing a widow. They booed a widow. Okay, turn your attention somewhere else. Mm. We don't deserve this. We don't deserve this. To all you gods watching us on YouTube, please just take that message seriously from Doug because we can't take it anymore. My man's going crazy. He's staying up late. He's drinking double bourbon, and we need you to just go ahead and take care of us. All right, let's go to the last segment. Any, any chat comments you wanted to read before we head to the last segment? Anything let's notable see. there? Scrolling, Doug? scrolling. Um, let's see, scrolling. QCT said the Kings made the playoff. I'm, I'm really this is dangerous territory because I'm not pre-reading these. QCT said the Kings made the playoffs. The Timberwolves are the best team in the West. The Pistons won a title more recently than the Hornets won a playoff series. It's true, but it's been a long time since they've won a single playoff game. <laughs> I heard that. Like, it's been a while since they've, the Hornets have won a playoff game before the Pistons have. Um, the oh, Hornets true. are at absolute yeah, rock got- bottom. You agree with that, Walker? Was this, was tonight? You lose, yeah. to, you lose to a team that is 2-15 that is and 15 at home. They played in San Antonio. Two and, now 3-15. and 15. Um, you, you lose, you lose Brandon Miller, your rookie, while the the guy that was drafted one spot above. Now I do want to be fair because people are going to make this about like, oh, the Hornets almost had an opportunity to take Wimby, but mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, the Hornets never could have gotten Wimby. Like there were four teams in line. The Wizards should be upset that they didn't get Wimby because they actually the way the ping pong balls work, they actually had an opportunity at Wimby. The Hornets never had an opportunity at Wimby. Um. But that's what this is going to be about. But do you agree? Is this rock bottom? It feels pretty bad, but I, you got to understand. I've talked about 13 different rock bottoms this season between the Panthers and the Hornets year. <laughs> it's, it's true. I can't tell you how many times I've used the phrase rock bottom in from September to December in 2023. Not and since now the attitude right era of the WWF has the, the phrase rock bottom been more uttered we've had that segment so many times with carolina we're starting to have it more so with charlotte i mean the the 144 113 loss to indiana that felt pretty bad 135 to 82 against philly (laughs) that felt pretty bad too um i think this one this one hurts though maybe every every time i experience it i'll say it just because you get Lamelo back you think it's good news. 
And that's always the time I think we're at our most vulnerable is when we think we're going to get something great. And LaMelo comes back, gives you some hope. You're playing against a six-win Spurs team. Brandon Miller and LaMelo are both out there on the floor. You have Terry Rozier, too, who's been injured sometimes, but he's out there. And then you get stomped while Wimby is just dunking it on consecutive alley-oops and three-point shots and blocking shots. And I, that, in fact, that's when I came back. I just called that this is why I'm in a shirt and tie, by the way. This is why. So I came back. And from, from calling the Stetson Queens game, Queens got beat by 22. So, oh, you know, man. anything I watch tonight, they're just going to get destroyed. I'm fine. It's fine. Watching Wimby come back. That was the first thing I saw was him just destroying the Hornets. So yeah, it feels pretty bad. It feels pretty bad. All right. Let's keep talking about this game though. Cause we, we got to get to, there's a couple of guys yeah. that still got to get to uh, no one. No one should be spared from that except LaMelo ball. I think LaMelo ball, Terry Rozier too. I thought Terry Rozier, I mean, just, he was sweating bullets out there. I mean, this guy, you know, he's given it all and he finally got some rest. He finally got someone to take some of the pressure off. I mean, that's, that's the best thing about LaMelo ball being back is that, um, you know, they, they don't have to rely on Terry for every single, you know, offensive burst, um, but and I thought he played decent. But about everyone else in this game deserves a little bit of a critique. So, and we should talk about Wimby too. I mean, good God, I mean, this guy. He's a that's freak. it. That's the he's a freak. that you just broke it down. You just broke it down. That's it. All right, one more segment to go. Coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast, we'll continue to talk a little bit more about not only Wimby but some of the other observations that we had. Not very good observations that we had from this loss to the San Antonio Spurs. This episode is brought to you by prize picks. Prize picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. Don't battle the sharks. Stay away from those guys. You can pick more or less than on the two to six player stat projections and then watch the winnings roll on in. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. It's a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. And so I used to go with the local example, but you can't pick the Panthers anymore. They're not playing. You're going to have to go to the national best teams in the NFL, which honestly is good for you. Treat yourself. You watch bad sports all year long. Go watch some postseason football. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. If you just so happen to pick Brandon Miller in your Prize Picks election tonight, then you get a reboot. It's the only daily fantasy sports platform that allows that to happen. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on and you can make your selection there. Again, go to prizepicks.com. Prize Picks, we always appreciate their support. One more segment to go. Locked on Hornets. All right, Walker. Let's continue to talk about this game. Was not That's right. Yeah, it was uh was a difficult game to watch at times. Uh LaMelo made it a little bit easier. You know, something on LaMelo, I think uh when I talk to people who don't follow this team a lot, but they know LaMelo's on the team, they know he's exciting and I reveal to them that he's never scored 40 points. They're a little bit shocked because they they've seen highlights of him knocking down, you know, 6-7 threes in a the game. They're like, "How does that guy How does that guy not 
how has that guy not been able to accumulate 40-plus points? And I'm like, it's all about the free throw line, right? I mean, you know, guys that are doing that on the regular, uh, you know, your Jason Tatums, your Shea Gilgis-Alexanders, your Luka Doncic's, guys that can fill it up, um, you know, every other night, they're doing it because they just consistently get to the place, the free throw line, where you don't have anyone guarding you. And it's a, it's an easy way to to really accumulate points. And, and the moment that LaMelo Ball can force referees to make those calls um, consistently will be the moment that he takes his game to a, to a new level. So it was, you know, on, on a night that I think a lot of us are going to want to forget I hope that that's something that that LaMelo doesn't forget. I hope that that's something <laughs> – it's funny that it happened against – I was looking at the referee crew at the beginning of the game, Ben Taylor, who was the guy that, you know, we talked about the Raptors coach uh, who went on a huge rant after his team couldn't get a free throw call or a, or a foul call to get to the free throw line in that Raptors-Lakers game. He was like, basketball is crap. This is crap. NBA is crap. Um, you know, it, that was Ben Taylor. Ben Taylor was the guy that was responsible okay. for that rant. So <laughs> funny how the NBA so, works. Yeah. No, it is funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I think watching some of the other things in the second half, because this is really all I got to see live. I'll have to go back and watch the first half. I, I, uh, although maybe I just don't. I don't want to do that to myself. But No, you <laughs> watching... have to. I did. You have to. <laughs> I don't make sure. Me I'm going to double check. Um, I might just have to lie to you somehow, but yeah, I think some of the other things are, you know, Nick Smith jr. Continuing to play, you know, you did see the, some of the mistakes still, I mean, he fouled on the three point attempts. That was something from Nick Smith jr. That we've seen it countless times this year. Does it feel like we've had more fouls on three point attempts this season than uh, yeah, you can remember looked, in previous years? Yes, because they're playing lots of young guys. Like this is not yeah. you, this is not hard to figure out, right? This is, we're not talking calculus here. If you play a mm-hmm. bunch of rookies, you get a bunch of rookie mistakes. Like that's something that in Nick Smith Jr.'s game, he's going to clean up. But Brandon Miller, he did it early, he did the same thing earlier in the game, landed in mm-hmm. uh, and I they did call a flagrant and um that it was three shots in the ball. He landed in someone's uh, zone. He's done that multiple times this season. So yes, you know, when you rely on young guys, you get those kind of like backbreaking just like mm-hmm. uh mistakes. And honestly, like I'm less upset about that than some of the stuff that I'm continuing to see out of Bryce McGowan's, who is who does have a few more years of experience under his belt. He's just continuing to make, I mean, bad fouls, bad bad defensive decisions. Um, he was missing shots at the rim as well. Uh, you know, uh, he he was in uh, Steve Clifford's doghouse in the previous game, and I thought he was going. He started the second half for Brandon Miller. But if if I think if Clifford had literally any other choice, he, he probably wouldn't have gone to McGowan's at this point because he's working his way into that Booknight doghouse. Yeah, and and James Booknight, by the way, did not get any minutes in real time. Got six minutes. At least I didn't see any in the first half here, Doug. But you know, it was well. Uh, the game was out of reach very early on, but. James Booknight only got six minutes of run. Bryce McGowan's got 24 minutes in this game. So unlike the last time out, we saw Bryce play less. He got benched. James Booknight comes in, and that really wasn't the case here. Um, did you have any other Hornets observations before we got to share some opinions on Wimby and then wrap it up tonight? Well, on, on the Wimby thing, you know, he put Richards, he put Nick Richards on skates on this crossover that, again, just somebody yeah. his size, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, and, and this is here's what's crazy. There aren't people his size. 
Well, it yeah. would be different. I I saw I saw <laughs> somebody point. for St- I saw somebody for Stetson tonight at seven foot put the ball on the deck and hit a nice finger roll layup. He didn't blow by a guy. It was a bad closeout, but it was just a nice layup putting it on the deck for a seven footer. That's who you say that about. But when you explode off of the perimeter at seven four and dunk it and did you see the clip from Wimby I think this was a, a couple of games ago where it was the most watched clip in NBA history of his finger roll because he takes off like just inside the free throw line and it looks like it's going to be a finger roll he, he gets to decide in midair because he's that big and that long so, hmm, finger roll dunk finger roll no dunk boom and it's the most watched <laughs> clip that's ever happened because he's seven four and can handle it. And it's not that, oh, he's pretty like it's crazy what he can do for his size. No, there's nobody his size. And so it's also crazy what he can do. It's yeah, what well, you've never seen it. And Nick Richards is not a small human being. No, he's not. Nick Richards is a big dude. And and there was a play, I believe it was in the second quarter, where Wimby put the ball back but I think he also put Nick Richards back in the rim like he just forced Nick Richards to put back uh Wimby's own miss um it was yeah man I mean you know there are some weaknesses in his game he does turn the ball over a lot he's not shooting his three ball particularly well like you can't guard it but he guards himself because he's just not making them and and when well, he and the Spurs don't help him right roster well, construction right. isn't helping him get to the right spots yeah. right uh, yeah exactly but but and there are moments when if he has the ball but like below where his number is on his jersey it's surprisingly easy to take that ball away from him and the Hornets took advantage mm-hmm. of that uh, but then they would just go and blow the layup and transition that was a problem you look at this game and through the first half the Hornets scored six of 15 from three and they didn't even crack 50 for the half why because they literally missed every single thing at the rim and it wasn't just about Wimby Wimby was a dominant force at the rim he forced a lot of things away from the rim but when the Hornets did get opportunities against Dominic Barlow because look when they go away from Wimby they get super small the Spurs do the Hornets could have had opportunities to to make up and this is what teams have done to the Spurs all season you wait for Wimby to go to the bench and he goes to the bench a lot because they're they're load managing him and when they go when you they go to Dominic Barlow then you dominate them and the Hornets, because they weren't organized enough, because they were turning the ball over a ton, because their offensive possessions were garbage, they were they they could not take advantage of those moments, and that's that's why they lost the that's why they lost the game. And then I wanted to get to something else in the chat. Oh, uh, a, a few keen-eyed observers noted that uh, Lamelo had the uh, LaFrance LaFrance uh, tattoo back on his neck. It was not covered. And, and Woj, if you go mm. to uh, Woj's Twitter account, he's got a whole article on basically the NBA just reversed course. They said it was a clear violation prior to his injury, and then he gets injured, and he comes back. And I get there was some discussions, I guess, between him, maybe some further explanation of the fact that it's his middle name, and the NBA just decided – Maybe it was a pity. I think it was a pity move on the Hornets and and Lamelo and all the injuries. They just decided, all right, mercy rule. Nobody's going to watch these games anyway. Are we? Gonna, <laughs> like, yeah. Are our sponsors really going to be all that mad? <laughs> like we're no, pulling well, these we games took, from ESPN. Like who gives a damn? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we took it off ESPN, so nobody's going to see it anyway. <laughs> which It'll by the Valley. way, which by the way, and let me Valley's just say this: like ESPN airs there. college basketball games. Okay, so you oh, know the, the fact that they're too good. Uh, for this uh, Hornets-Spurs game, please get out of here. 
All right, I'll give you some rapid fire observations for me. I, I I did get to I did get to hear Sam Farber on the call, Sports Radio ninety two seven WFNZ, nice. your Hornets flagship station here in Charlotte. Wow. I got to listen to Sam on the call, and I got to hear the Dougie McBuckets experience where we couldn't get that lead to anything less than eighteen. It was bang 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 three three pointers in a row. Um, so there's something Doug McBuckets, he's back baby. And he's back in a big way off the bench. Another one, Devonte Graham minutes at the very end here. Got to see Devonte come in 10 minutes for him, hit a few field goals, hit a couple threes. Hopefully he and- gets traded. Hopefully he gets traded. That's a tough situation for him. I mean, he's essentially, you know, real fall from grace since getting traded from the Hornets to the Pelicans. And then, yeah. He gets he he gets traded to the, I guess he he gets moved to the Spurs. He had that uh, DUI, and then he he gets moved to the Spurs. And the Spurs are essentially like, look, we're playing all young guys. We're tanking, and so you know now he's essentially out of the rotation. So hopefully he gets moved to a team uh, that could use his services because he's still a good basketball player. Yeah, I forgot about that DWI he had. Goodness gracious. Okay, yes, but Devontae Graham, and that, honestly, out of the moves that Mitch Kupchak was able to capitalize on, I I was nervous. I definitely didn't love trading Devontae Graham for the first rounder, but he the, the first round pick, you can't argue with it. Like, I mean, that's... Well, that, that, well that's, you... Okay, but this, this I mean, irked me. Could. This irked you me can. on the broadcast because they said, well, you know, that, that trade resulted in the pick that became Mark Williams. And you you hear that and you go, oh, well, that's nice. You, you trade for a first-round pick. <laughs> yes, and you they, I heard this too. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then if you pay attention at all, you remember, oh, that was the 15th pick. They also had the 13th pick that they traded to Denver for a worse for a, a worse first-round pick. Although, you know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll Nick see. Smith Jr. Nick Smith I mean, Jr. is looking, still... looking pretty good. Look at them. They they may be ultimately proved right, but to say like, oh well, they, you turn like you could have had Mark Williams at thirteen, and and they when they traded that pick, they didn't know yeah. Nick Smith Jr. was going to be available in the first in the back half of that first round. Get out of here. Look, if if the Hornets are right on this because Nick Smith Jr. is just such a baller, I, I'll shut up. There's just no way I can ever be okay with that process if they try to do it again next time. I just I can't be okay with the process. But Nick Smith Jr. He's awesome. He fell to him. We got lucky. I'll shut up. Last thing. I tweeted this out about Eric Collins having to dig deeper and deeper into the depths of that factoid bag of his than he's ever gone before. And he is just knocking it out of the park because of course he does with it being Eric Collins. And I was talking to my girlfriend about this who loves Eric Collins and he's so polarizing with so i mean i don't even know how polarizing he is i think mostly most hornets fans love him you have your fuddy duddies out there who think he's a little over the top and too extreme but this is what air collins is to me he's fantastic he is so much fun i love the craziness because it allows him to be as famous as he is but also the, the only thing i don't like about it doug is when he does get crazy and i've mentioned this maybe a few times before the theatrics do take away from just how damn good he is at normal play-by-play. And mm-hmm. that's why I don't like it because he is. Re- there's a reason ESPN and anybody else wants to hire him. Yes, it's because he makes the exciting calls so damn exciting, but also normal flow, play-by-play, bring, being more prepared than you are. 
He is going to be more prepared than whoever the other play-by-play announcer is, and he's going to deliver it with the best flow ever, even if you're just going through normal, casual, blueprint, prototype play-by-play stuff. I just wanted to give Eric Collins some more flowers. He's going through it again with an eight-win season where he has to pull out all of these, like the top 10 Virginia-born three-point made players in the NBA, however you want to phrase it. He's got the top 10 list. It's crazy. And he delivers the good back and forth. I just, more flowers for Eric Collins, who is legitimately very good in the theatrics and also at the whole just normal part of calling the game. I'll also give Dell Curry some credit in that uh, there's been a few times this season where Eric Collins has put Dell on the spot in terms of explaining why a certain player might not be getting the playing time that they're getting or, or just most recently this Bryce McGowan situation where against uh, the Bulls, uh, excuse me, against Sac- in that Sacramento blowout, he got benched in the second quarter. And Dell's been pretty honest about like, oh, this is, well, I'm going to tell you why it happened and I'm going to give you the example plays. Like they're not pointing it out. They're not telestrating it, right? You know, there's a, yeah. there's a limit to the criticism when you're, you know, Bally's and the team and they're kind of interconnected in a certain way. But at the same time, there has been a level of honesty about like these young guys and where their deficiencies are, and and that's that's the thing. And and what I think is, and this is kind of something that you and I think should talk about as we sort of digest this and get into next week, is I'm afraid, I'm concerned that the issues with the youth uh, and and that resulting in losing basketball games and the injury issues are going to obscure the issues that this team had when they were relying on veterans and fully healthy. It was a brief moment, but in that moment, you could see, hey, not enough shooting on this team, not enough physicality on this team. Like there were root issues that I hope that as the – as or if this new ownership group starts to kind of take stock of, you know, the future of the actual basketball product, that they remember that and don't let all this other stuff that's happened, circumstance obscure it. Yeah, I I, I completely agree with that. One, yes, I, I actually don't give Dell enough love because I want Eric Collins to get as much love. And I, I do think Dell's even gotten, I even think he's improved over the last three years. Like Dell was already good. And then even the last three years, I think he continues to improve. That chemistry just becomes unbreakable. But you are right about that. For instance, Chicago overtime loss. You just give me PJ or Gordon, not and. Just give me a player. You probably win that game. But when you talk about the first loss to Chicago on the road, you give me, you probably don't win. You know what I'm saying? Like, if right. you're a logical mind, like we, we can still say, okay, give the Hornets after an eight win season. If you are normally healthy, and we've had this conversation a little bit, do you bump that up to 13, 14? Maybe, maybe, you know, high end 15, but that still doesn't get you into a place you want to be. And I think your point is dead on. All right. Final chats that we got here. Why are you smiling? What What are some of the chats that are rolling in? Tell me your thoughts. I don't know if this is tongue in cheek or not, but Jay said we should have had Kai for Wimby, you know, reference to uh, that summer league game so long ago. And Kai Jones was <laughs> oh, still yes. the Charlotte Hornets and yeah. uh, took advantage of Wimby on a few possessions. So uh, the there's thrunk. that. 
Uh, Jay also asked, would you rather be in Detroit situation or the Blazers situation? Or the Hornets, or are we just I guess complete, those are the three options. We, would you rather be okay. Detroit? Would you rather – I no. Detroit's down bad. Like, Detroit's one of the teams you go, okay, I don't feel, I don't feel quite as bad – being a Hornets fan, but Blazers, yeah. I mean, they've got some, and I'm not, this is not about Scoot. I mean, just, they've got some talent there. Well, yeah. What, what do the, what do the Blazers do with Simon still? Like you, ha- it feels like you have pieces you can still trade. The problem with the Pistons is you're not really trading anybody to help some of the younger pieces that you want to keep. Cause I, I you still want to keep Cade. I know there's varying opinions on him. Jalen Duran is still somebody you want to keep. So, you can't trade anybody though to help them. Right. Like yeah. a Jaden Ivy. I, that's maybe somebody because Monty Williams, I know they had their thing stuck. at the beginning. Yeah. It does feel like they're stuck a little bit. Whereas if you're the Blazers and even the Hornets, you can trade some of those guys. Problem is Simons is going to be more valuable, um, than anybody the Hornets have Malcolm Brogdon, maybe even the same. Like, I don't know about Terry Terry's Terry's value is just, I, I don't know what to make of it because it was, he, they weren't able to trade him last year. I don't know how much of that is still held over, so I don't know. But yeah, I, I think Blazers are probably the number one. Hornets number two. Uh, no, I'd, I'd still rather be the Hornets because I think you know Hornets, the Blazers. Well, because the Hornets really, I think you're in a situation where you trade vets and you keep young players, and you're you're pretty confident that you're in step two of a rebuild. You don't have to go to step one, but I think with Blazers. Yeah, you know they're probably still firmly in step one because you're right. They've got to they they would be forced to trade some younger pieces to bring back some draft assets and try to refigure that team. When you look at Lamelo, Brandon, Mark, Nick Smith Jr., if that's like the young core that you go, all right, we're gonna march that way and whatever whoever else we can trade, like all those pieces feel like they make sense. You've got star point guard, super wing. Uh, center who may or may not ever develop into a shooting center but if you can put four shooters around him you'd be okay and then nick smith jr you know powerhouse score off the bench like all of that makes sense if all that continues to develop and improve all that makes sense with with the blazers you're right i mean the pieces don't make sense they've still got some stuff to figure out there all right last one final comment we have to end the show today i'll say is somebody asking what's the cure for this sickness and for that i tell you there is none there is no, there is no cure for the sickness. The only, the only, the only cure for the sickness is getting one of those uh, six suites that they showed us that they're renovating in the Spectrum Center. But you can't afford it. So if you're sick, <laughs> if you're sick, you can't afford it. All right, we can we can talk about that next week. That'll do it for this week's edition, this Friday edition, Hive Live edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods, and that includes YouTube. As that's how you're able to check us out on Hive Live right now. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday, previewing the week ahead and seeing how we can climb back up out of the depths of hell from this loss against the Spurs. It's all coming up next week on Locked on Hornets. 